0: Central Ohio is a hub of businesses large and small, including nonprofit and social enterprise organizations, all connected by the experiences we share and the stories we tell. Your BBB wants to showcase businesses who are working every day to build trust and support our communities. BBB Sparkcast is where we can learn from local entrepreneurs firsthand.
1: Hello, listeners, and thanks for joining us for this episode of BBB SparkCast. My name is Cassie Patterson, and I'm the Program and Events Specialist with Your BBB. Today, I'm joined with, by Steve Likas, who is the co-founder and CEO at Branch Insurance. Branch Insurance was founded upon the idea that insurance has lost its way. They are here to restore insurance to its original intent, a force for communal good. Along with working to make insurance easier for consumers to understand, Branch also develops tools to help their clients continually lower their own prices. Branch also created and exclusively funds their nonprofit, Safetiness, to help those in need. By leveraging the power of community, Branch strives to make insurance more affordable and help more people get insured so they can be better protected from life's uncertainties. Branch is a BBB accredited business and they were a 2020 Torch Award recipient. Steve, we're so glad to have you today. Congratulations on your TORCH award, and thank you for joining us. How are you doing today?
0: I'm great, thanks so much, Cassie. It's great to be here.
1: Excellent. So um, we just went over a little bit of the why behind Branch, but could you go into um, further detail about your background and why Branch was founded?
0: Of course. I grew up in the insurance industry, I actually grew up in Northeast Ohio, uh, and have been back now for just a few years, uh, and chose to locate in, in Central Ohio uh, mm-hmm. as we built for the long term. I had grown up in the insurance industry uh, across many disciplines in insurance, claims, technology, underwriting, product development, product management. I had the great fortune to build the first online home insurance business in the United States some years back. And then I left insurance proper and I went to a company uh, that provided data and predictive analytics to insurance companies. Uh, all along this path, I had become really intrigued by the long-term market cycles of this market uh, trying to understand things like how did big insurance companies become big and answer the question why some of the big ones were getting smaller. Uh, and all of that led me to a moment where uh, I felt uh, that that I had to found branch.
1: That is very interesting. I, um, I think um, this next point we're going to talk about kind of uh, segues from what you said about um, How did some of the big insurance companies become big and others um, were getting smaller? Um, So I think we talk a lot about trust here at BBB. Um, And so in in the insurance industry, and perhaps you can kind of tie this back into um, how you were feeling about founding brands from everything that you just said, but um, there are a lot of consumers that are hesitant about Um, that perceived layer of distrust between the consumers and their insurance company. So I guess I'd ask you two things. Is um, this something that you experience with that growth and the lack of growth with some of the other insurance companies? And um, how does that tie into the ways that branch is working to rebuild that trust between consumers and their provider?
0: It's a great question, Cassie. And I'll give you a couple of, of anecdotes with it. Insurance is a business of trust. Uh, the consumer, the, the user of insurance has to trust that the insurance company will be there for them in their time of need, but will give the insurance company money up all up until that point. But the insurance business is very complex and in its complexity, it's also opaque. Uh, and so the consumer doesn't necessarily know what's happening with all the money. It seems like the insurance company is, is making a tremendous profit at their expense when most of the time they're not having a claim. Uh, and so there's a number of moments where trust is at risk in that interaction, right? When you're buying insurance, you have to answer dozens to hundreds of questions.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and it's an interrogative process. Uh, that uh, that you worry uh, you'll be held to task on uh, at some later date because you don't know exactly what to expect. And then in a claim scenario, you know, by the product, the contract of insurance, you have a responsibility as a, as a consumer to provide information to the insurance company, which can also be painful and invasive. Uh, and meanwhile, you're just trying to put your life back together. And there's so many moments like these throughout the interaction, uh, where the interests aren't obvious and, and sometimes not aligned, uh, that have led to a long-term view of, you know, humanity, that insurance mm-hmm. companies aren't, aren't the best people. I mean, like, for me growing up, you know, you had to realize when you fell in love with this business, that every time you told someone at a party, that what do you do for a living, insurance, that, uh, you know, we just move on in the conversation to something more fun. Uh, (laughs)
1: Insurance,
0: insurance by its, by its nature, the, the product that it is, is a communal product, right? It's not, there's no deity who saves you here. It's actually the, the pooled resources of everyone else in this community, right? In this in pooling resources in an insurance company and those funds are what save one another and so when we were putting branch together we thought really hard about how could we realign incentives how could we reintroduce some of the old concepts uh, where it used to be the case that people were sitting around a table pooling resources and helping each other rebuild and it was very much uh, understood that it was all of our money we were using. But it was built to be very efficient. And in that model, uh, very small and unscaled, it was very transparent. And so from our perspective at Branch and from my own personal desire as we built, it was built to reintrodu- and reintroduce that concept that insurance was good and does allow society to progress when each of us can take for granted the risks that we're taking because insurance evens out the uncertainty, uh, you know, the, the bad thing that can happen. And so we've done things like create branches, a managed cooperative, right? Our customers own the insurance company. And if we take in more premiums than, than necessary, than to pay claims and to provide regulatory capital, we dividend it back. It's meant to be very efficient, and so we work really hard to change the business model so that it costs less, and instead of 50% of premiums paying claims, we think it should be over 80%, and that's what we're working towards, and by lowering the barrier to entry so more people can be insured, we started a nonprofit called Safety Nest, which is designed to combat the financial exclusion problem of of uninsurance where many people, you know, tens of millions of people in the US uh, don't have insurance and that keeps them in a the cycle uh, typically close to or below the poverty line because there's no room for error that, that many of us that are inside the safety of insurance uh, that have that safety margin. All of this is about increasing trust. And The one anecdote I'll give you, Cassie, is I was in a business years ago where we had a brand that was not well trusted and when we were rebranding we leveraged another well-known brand uh, and our qualitative trust scores increased immediately as did our conversion right this isn't like a I wish we were trusted more like it, it has real implications the lack of trust and it's really important to branch that um, that we first trust right someone has to take the first step here. And so we've designed product and, and uh, structural innovations that uh, That incent us to trust our clients uh, And allow our members to trust us uh, So much of the game is won on a long-term basis in how insurance becomes less or more costly
1: That's really interesting. Um, and I like I think um It's a good segue thinking about the long-term basis and how you've realigned the incentives. You talked about managing the cooperative and um, that anecdote you gave us. It's very clear um, what you're working towards. And it's obvious that you have a lot of experience in this subject as well. But um, Branch itself has experienced a lot of growth in what could be considered a short amount of time in comparison to a lot of other insurance companies. So, um, do you wanna to touch on what some of the challenges have been to maintain all of the things that you've talked about?
0: Yeah, uh, it's a great question, Cassie. You know, there's always pressure uh, to, uh, to, to steer off the mission, um, mm-hmm. you know, to chase whatever's shiny at the moment or, or to try to repeat the thing that's working, even if it's not the design and what we did very intentionally is we spent a lot of time, even at a very young moment, like, you know, three to five employees laying out what it meant to be branch. Mm-hmm. And we designed a set of principles because we, we expected that when you're hiring hundreds of people, it's very difficult to uh, have them self select into a value system. If it's not clear what that value system is, and it's then even harder uh, to not overwhelm the value system you would have defined if you had, uh, if you're bringing in so many people without that clear uh, that clear set of of what we're all about. And and the way we think about this is, our mission is to make insurance less expensive so more people can be insured. And we designed a brand narrative that reintroduces the old concept of community, uh, branches a communal good, and we're getting back to getting each other's backs. And we believe that in order to do this and be that for our customers, we had to live it inside. And by then deciding what it means, what are those social norms uh, that uh, we live by? How do we delight our customers? How do we beat their expectations? how do we alleviate their fears um, when they don't have trust when they get to that moment of truth and, and something bad does happen uh and so by by living that and be, being so purposeful about it we've been able to scale it effectively i mean we're still growing very rapidly and and it's a constant uh something to be constantly vigilant of uh but but we have put the artifacts uh, we have developed the artifacts. we put the guideposts in place, and then we do live it uh you know i'm i 'm exceptionally proud of what people write about us uh, our our members our customers uh publicly uh because the the reviews have been glowing uh our claims uh reviews, and generally. And That's our great privilege, right? We're here to help people not have to bear the pain of of life's uncertainties So that they can progress on their positive life's trajectories Uh, And that's gone really well, but I think unless you are really intentional about it You could end up going in any direction and I think it's unlikely you'd go in the direction you wanted to go Unless you were very clear on charting the
1: course absolutely and um I wanna to touch on how you've talked about bringing back the um, communal aspect of that and maybe take that into a little more information about um, nest, which you mentioned earlier. Um, could you give us a little more background on how that became incorporated into Branch's model and then um, just why you felt that was important?
0: We thought it was important, Cassie, because first of all we were insurance right that's who we were and insurance companies generally uh, give a lot of charitable donations but for our from our standpoint insurance businesses should be giving back through helping people be insured and so we knew from the beginning that we wanted to provide a social benefit. We wanted to do well by doing good. And in that model, uh, it was really obvious to us what we should be doing. What people don't realize, especially those of us that have grown up having access to this financial instrument, is that if you are uninsured, you're taking a different risk. It's not just the risk of something bad happening. It's the risk of getting pulled over It's the risk of of multiple uh, speeding tickets. You can end up with fines. If you couldn't pay for insurance, you probably can't pay for fines. And chances are you're not uninsured because you're trying to skirt the law. Chances are you're uninsured because you have to make really hard choices about where your money is going. Uh, That that means insurance may not have gotten paid, but it keeps a roof over your head and food on the table. Mm -hmm. And so this is although insurance has allowed society to progress, there's a significant group that's been left behind and they tend to be highly correlated with, with poverty, you know, with lack of means. Uh, it's not the only group, uh, but, um, but it's hard. And so if you're trying to build yourself up, like all of us are, right? All of us are on some path of progress then these small aberrations, even if they're small, um, can land you back to the beginning. And if they're big, then there's no escaping. And so we, we knew from the beginning that we would provide some social good. This was so obvious, the place. And amazingly, no one was focused on it, right? I mean, there's so much discussion of financial exclusion uh, there's so many insurance businesses, uh, hundreds of billions of dollars, uh, that, um, that it was almost strange that there wasn't a body of effort here. There'd been some academic studies maybe 10 or more years ago, um, but we knew we could make a huge impact and do real good for the community, very broadly speaking. Uh, and mm-hmm. the, the rest of the tie to the mission is By the way insurance works The more people that are insured The less insurance will cost for everyone Right, Mm -hmm. I mean if you thought about it in in really uh, Quantifiable ways you and I will pay for uninsured motorist premiums uh, In our own insurance premium, which would be very small or non-existent if the population of uninsured were much smaller or non-existent and so there's a really good uh, a really good, social and selfish reason for everyone to care about this issue. Uh, and from our perspective, uh, it's both on mission and on brand. Uh, and we're really excited to have the opportunity. Safety Nest uh, is singular at this moment, uh, and it's growing as branch is growing.
1: That's great. I think it's absolutely incredible. Um, the intentionality behind everything that you've taken in consideration, especially those that go without being insured for so long. I think that's a group that a lot of us are fortunate to never necessarily consider just because we don't have the experience. Um, And we've been fortunate enough not to go through that. So I think that's really incredible um, and I think that <laughs> brings us to the fact that your company was selected as a recipient of the 2020 Torch Awards. And I think that was one of the big reasons our judges really loved your company. And um, they really focused on all of your best practices and character, which is basically everything you've just said. Um, but let's dive into that a little deeper. Um, what's the process for your leadership to continue to lead with such ethical character and have that trickle down to your staff, especially as you're growing so rapidly and keeping everyone in the same frame of mind?
0: You know, Cassie, so much of it has to do with uh, with intentionality. First, there becomes a tremendous pressure to live into an identity once you've taken it on, and so the, the wonderful pressure in this is, once you've said, we're getting back to getting each other's backs, the challenge is living it, right? I mean, uh, these are hard things once you've made a commitment, but um, both from a uh, psychological perspective, but also from a business and brand perspective, um, there are real ramifications to not living it once you've said you will. And so we loved that idea. Take it com- make a commitment, be convicted. And that creates a uh, a guidepost and pressure for everyone who comes after us uh to live into. I mean, what would it mean, right? As a branch member, when you call in, you expect that we, you know, that we're going to take care of you. You expect that we're looking out for you. You expect that we've got your back. And so that was the first big thing. Uh and we had a lot of discussion around brand narrative, uh, pre-market. But we really wanted to be this. We really wanted to be good. We wanted to uh, remind people that this is a business of humans coming together, uh, and that we're just the facilitator of, of that process. Uh, and in doing that, we could make for less expensive insurance and better outcomes for society. And then from there, it has everything to do with who's on the team and we had a group of people that were uh, that were there in and just after the founding moment uh who really believed in this vision and so they resembled what you know we talk about what what is what would branch do what would it mean to be branch like as far as the brand identity and by collecting people uh that that share those types of values doing good it it perpetuates, itself, perpetuates and it's, it's interesting for me, never having gotten a chance to go through anything like this, where so many of our new employees, who we call branchers, uh, so many of the new branchers are so present and engaged because of the good we're doing, right? Otherwise, it's a job. And you can have a great job, but this is more than that because we're trying to do something really positive and in that it's really easy to come to work every day uh, and do the job and and do good. Uh, and and in that method, I think you don't have to try nearly as hard. It's not a retrofit. It's built into the bones. It's in the DNA. And it would actually be and how you would take it out if you needed to do that. Uh, that would be harder than uh, causing it to move forward on the path that
1: is. Absolutely. That's really great. I know everyone wants to feel good about what they're doing, and it's fantastic that you make that so easy for your branchers (laughs) to uh, come in and be so present, like you said. It's really great. Um, So I mentioned that the judges were really impressed with your character, but there are three other... um, sections to the Torch Award. We have culture, um, community, and customers, and you all had to go through that whole process even though we just focused on character. So I'm just wondering um, if you could just tell us a little more about the um, entry process and all four of the pillars and maybe any impact that that had on your staff internally when you applied and even after you won.
0: Yeah, Cassie, there the impact in the application process, uh, I wouldn't call it impact, at least at the application side, was that it caused us to think a lot about ourselves and our business in the categories you had laid out. You know, our brand is actually about community uh, and we loved that that was a, a, a one of the aspects of the application. Uh, we were really excited about it. We have so much alignment with the intent of of the Better Business Bureau uh, that, um, mm-hmm. that it is very much about trust. It's a trust-based uh, product and sale and method, and we're doing things to reintroduce trust uh, that's really novel in our space, or at least uh, in the last hundred years. Uh, and so, uh, you know, there was some effort, uh, especially uh, in our, um, well, especially Allie, who you've met, uh, fantastic mm-hmm. work. And, uh, and then after we won, we've won a number of awards, uh, but this one was particularly special because, because ethics and trust and integrity are so important to who we are. And as a new financial brand, there's always a tax on trust, right? Actually, as a new company generally, uh, you're, everyone underwrites you a little bit differently. Uh, they may want to come and see that you have an actual office. Uh, we got mm-hmm. customers. We had customers calling early, uh, asking why wasn't our address on the website? You know, things you wouldn't think of. And so it was such a great um, reinforcement. Uh, allowed us to talk about it. Uh, it was a great proof point, uh, and it was a validation of of so much of what we were saying we were to people.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, to
0: have Better Business Bureau alongside us uh, saying it as well. And so I think it probably was more resonant uh, than any other award we'd won uh, as a leadership team and as a as a team generally, um, because it's so core to who we are and what we've, you know, what many of us have taken some risk to set out to achieve.
1: Absolutely. That's great. Um, Going through that process and the validation and everything, um, I just wondered if you have any pieces of advice for any other companies that may um, be considering applying for a Torch Award. My only advice would be to, to
0: do it. Uh, if uh, and, and I say do it if you think it's you. Uh, you know, I think from our perspective, we didn't take it lightly uh, what we were applying for. Uh, and, and so you know, it would be, if it wasn't us, uh, I think applying would be wrong. But outside Mm -hmm. of that, I mean, I think it was a great award, a great event, uh, and we've really enjoyed the interaction. Uh, I think it's wonderful that um, BBB does this kind of thing um, because people look to BBB to know that these businesses are trustworthy. Uh, And so for those of us, especially at a very young age or less well known, Um, I think it's uh, a highly useful uh, and uh, wonderfully beneficial to win, but even to be in the nomination set, uh, you've got nothing to lose. I think it was great.
1: Awesome. That's awesome. We really enjoyed uh, your application. I know the judges were really impressed, so we're glad you applied. Um, And before we wrap up, I did want to touch on one more thing just Any advice that you have for budding entrepreneurs, um, entrepreneurs that are beginning their journey, or perhaps are at the point where they're ready to grow? Just any pieces of advice, because you've obviously been super successful in this department, and I think that's really valuable information. Well, Cassie, I think especially, you know,
0: growing up as a kid in the Rust Belt um, and having a lot of success in corporate life Uh, you know, no one it was never a model Uh that I was familiar with growing up to start a company especially like A disruptive potential uh, company It was much more. Um, it was much more obvious to become an engineer Right or or to do something that was uh, more quantified. I think the models we have around us are so important uh, and the only pieces of advice, or the one piece for if you're in either of those scenarios, in a corporation where you have an experience, where you see a value that's uncreated or a problem that could be solved, uh, or you, like me, grew up in in, uh, the state of Ohio and just didn't know how you'd go after changing the world, I think that uh, there is a paradigm worth shifting which is starting with the value that could be created and then go figure out how to change it, uh, how to go create it. Uh, and I think um, it's so important for us in central Ohio uh, that the growth of our economy and the success, the rising tide uh, of the society around us will be about, you know, real progress. Uh, and we're really glad to be here uh, in Columbus, Ohio. Um, And I think there's a lot of talented people uh, that can reach for the stars, and I think that they should.
1: That's great advice, Steve, and that's awesome. Any entrepreneurs listening, there is a paradigm with shifting, and I love that. I love that line. I'm going to steal it. (laughs) Not really. I'll give you credit. (laughs) But anyway, um, (laughs) Steve, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today and um, sharing a little more about why branch is working to change the landscape of insurance for the better and um listeners if you'd like to find out any more about branch visit ourbranch.com and for more information on the torch awards visit bbbtorchaward.com uh steve any last words
0: no thanks so much for having me and thanks again for awarding us the torch
1: thank you and congratulations Listeners, be sure to subscribe to BBB Sparkcast so you don't miss out on the conversation. If there's a topic that you'd like to hear about, feel free to email us at podcast at We look forward to you joining us next time.